Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Today we have a guest speaker, and Pastor Joe's taken a couple of weeks off. He's found some margins, and he's going to be, he's going to be away for a couple of weeks, which is fantastic. Um, but Pastor Mario uh, has been a pastor here for that. He doesn't need an introduction, but he's a, been a pastor here for many years. Uh, he's in Sydney at the moment, uh, C3 Church in Liverpool, and doing wonderful things there. And I know God's going to speak to us. He's passionate about the Word of God, and he's going to speak into our lives today through God. And so open your hearts. Get ready to receive what God has for you today. Thank you, Pastor Mario. Give me a warm welcome. Thanks, worship team. You did an amazing job. I'm so glad Pastor Joe found a margins. He certainly took it out of my margins for me to be here. Put me under a lot of stress. I'm glad he's doing it well somewhere on the beach, somewhere in, in South Australia. Amen. Well, welcome to church. And um, I got 35 minutes to preach a two-hour message. So we're going to believe in miracles this morning. Amen. God's good, amen? Fantastic. Well, it's good to be here. Uh, it really is my home church and I uh, grew up in Adelaide, loved the place, trying to convince my family to come back. But, you know, it's not just my immediate family now. We've got grandkids. So I'm going, God, before my grandkids find boyfriends and girlfriends, make sure that we move before because once they find a boyfriend or, grand or a girlfriend, that's it. We're not going anywhere. So can you keep that in prayer, that my grandkids don't find any partners there? Is that okay? Amen. But it's great to be here. And um, I just want to open in prayer and uh, pray that God will just speak to your life this morning. Because really, you're not here to hear me. You're here to hear from the Holy Spirit and what it is that God wants to say to you. Because, um, you know, my words are going to fall to the ground. And, uh, but the Holy Spirit has a habit of making the words fall into the soul and the spirit. Amen. So I want you to close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity that you've given me to be able to share in front of these lovely people. But I pray, Father, it's not my words. I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you just impart something into each and every one of us that is here this morning, Lord. I, I thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. I thank you for the deposit that's going to be left in our spirit this morning of something that's not just sounds good, but something that will change us for the better. We just thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been living in Sydney for quite a while, and this morning was the first time that I've actually been able to sing in church for nearly th over three months. So for us, it was a privilege to be here. In Sydney, we're not allowed to sing in church. We've had masks to wear. And uh, unfortunately, even with a mask, you're not allowed to sing. So for us this morning to be in church and singing here with you was amazing. Don't ever take that for granted. Something happens when we lift our voice to God. And the other great thing is I was able to hold my wife's hand in church this morning because we have to sit apart, you know, like two metres apart, which is really crazy. Um, but I'm going to share this message to you and it's titled, um, I Really Need a Breakthrough. I Really Need a Breakthrough. Um, I'm not one for fasting. And you can tell, can't you? <laughs> that wasn't a good thing to laugh there, all right? Because you're making me think I'm overweight. 
Um, but you know what? It's been probably um, three, four years. Our church in January goes on a fast, a 21-day fast. I believe you went through one as well. Is that correct? And, um, and I sort of, we always put things out there. What are we praying for? What is it that we're fasting for? And uh, this year I got everybody to write some of their Request what it is that they were fasting for. So, you know, everybody put different things up. Some needed a job and, you know, thank, thank God that God gave them a job. Some needed healing and some got some healing, not complete healing. Everyone had something that they were praying for and believing God for. And before you know it, the 21 days are over. And, uh, and then we just get on with life. And this message really came out of the end of the fast where I'm going, hey, there's some things that we haven't received from God. There's some things that we're believing, and now that the fast is over, we haven't received them and we'll stop praying for them. So this message is really as a result of, I believe that if we want to see breakthrough in our life, we need to press in and not just leave it for a 21-day fast. So when I use that word breakthrough, we... we, uh, get told of different breakthroughs that happen in the world of technology or medicine or science. And, you know, when they've discovered something, the new vaccine that's out, they finally put it out and said, this is incredible because we got a a breakthrough in such a short period of time and everybody celebrates. Sometimes we also receive or we also get a breakthrough when it comes to our personal life. And if your marriage is struggling needs to take place uh, with someone that you love and care about and you're really expecting for a breakthrough to happen Um, breakthroughs are wanted we want breakthroughs especially when things have just come to a uh, a stalemate or things are, are not working out the way that we want them or it seems that sometimes things are going backwards sometimes in the church as a as a pastor I'm saying Lord we we really need a breakthrough for our church we really need a breakthrough well I get to meet with a couple and I realize they're really struggling and it's been years of struggle to keep that marriage together and I'm praying God they this this couple really needs a breakthrough now, the opposite of breakthrough is what is known as a setback. Nobody wants a setback, but I, I'll guarantee that if you've lived long enough, you're going to experience some setbacks in your life. A setback, or, or it seems like nothing's changing. We want to see some change and nothing's happening. It seems like sometimes our life comes to a halt, a setback. We need a breakthrough, but we're on a setback. As I said, we went through this 21 days of fast, uh, fasting, and I'm going, God... I don't want that our people stop believing for a breakthrough in their life because so many of us really need a breakthrough. And I want to talk to you today, uh, those that are listening to me and, and want to engage. I really believe there's going to be some things in your life that you really need a breakthrough because you're at a stalemate. You're at a, you're, you're at a, a place where you don't seem to be going forward or there's a setback or maybe your life has even stalled and, and you go like, something needs to change. Most times when we're at that position, we tend to think like, you know, if I could just go away on a cruise somewhere, and we can't do that at the moment, 
Or if I could only go overseas, I love going to visit Italy and eating food. You can tell, right? I love eating food, right? And, and like we were planning to do that last year. We want to go there because, you know, we're just going to have a breakthrough for a, a break for, from things and just enjoy ourselves and refresh ourselves. I, I, I want to tell you this morning that many times in our life, we're going to be confronted with things that we really need a breakthrough and, and we need to seek God for. I want to ask you this morning, maybe your spiritual walk is at a place where it's become lethargic, where your, your faith is powerless, you're lacking in faith, you lost your passion for loving Jesus, lost your passion for loving the church, lost your passion for the things of God. I want to say to you, if you're honest enough, you need to say, I really need a breakthrough in this area. Often in our own life, it's when we're going through pain or when we hit a wall or when we come to a place we go I have no idea what is happening in my life you need a breakthrough and it's in that pain time when things aren't working out that somehow it seems like God gets your attention I hope that God has your attention this morning because there may be some things in your life you say hey this thing and you can name what that thing is is not working out the way it needs to work out. This thing is at a stalemate. This thing needs an adjustment. This thing needs to change. Well, then maybe you could be honest enough like me and say, God, I need a breakthrough. Maybe this morning in your moment of clarity, you know without doubt that there's some things in your life where you've hit rock, rock bottom, where things are not as they should be. In a moment of clarity, we can shout out to God, God, I really need a breakthrough. And I need breakthroughs in so many different areas of my life. And I'm not ashamed to say that. But you know what? Sometimes we tend to think if we could only have an altar call and the pastor could pray for me, I will receive my breakthrough and everything's going to change. And I know that does happen, but I think we can't just allow those times for breakthrough because sometimes they don't happen. And I believe that we got to press ourselves in seeking a breakthrough for our life. Amen. The pastor can't do everything for you. Amen. Three people said amen. The rest of you, what are we paying him for then? <laughs> There's some things that only come when you set yourself to seek God and say, God, in my marriage or God, in this particular area of my life, I really need a breakthrough. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed this morning. Maybe if you lost your way. Maybe you've lost your joy. You know, there's so many joyless Christians around the world. Amen. You say, Pastor Mario, there's nothing to be joyful for. Look at what's happening in the world. Well, I think God is still on the throne. Amen. Amen. God is still on the throne. God is still in control. Amen. God has saved us. Amen. Amen. God has saved us. If not, we should have an altar call and you come forward and give your life to Jesus. We lost our joy, lost our peace. Maybe you're at your wit's end. Well, then I believe this morning, not just this morning, please, but in the coming weeks, in the coming months, in the coming year, say, God, I really need a breakthrough.
Now, I know people that have health conditions. I know people that have been praying for, health, uh, for healing in their body. And, you know, we, we'll pray for them and they don't get healed. And they, then what happens is after a period of time, you start thinking, possibly it's God that doesn't want to heal me. Now, I'm not trying to make light of the matter. But you know what? I want to encourage you to do this morning is say, no matter what it is, I'm going to continue to press into God for my breakthrough. Yes. Maybe you have health issues this morning. Can I say to you? Press into God for a breakthrough. Maybe you've got a relationship issue, a relationship that is so dear to you that's broken. You say, well, that's how it's going to be. No, don't rest on that. Say, God, I really need a breakthrough in this relationship that's broken down. Maybe finances, maybe, you know, in a business, you're running a business and you hit a, you hit a wall and it seems like everything you do is not working. Well, why don't you commit it to God and say, God, I, I really need a breakthrough. Marriage is under attack more so than ever before. And we, we see people end up in divorce that loved, themselves, loved each other for, for a number of years. And then all of a sudden, they no longer love each other. And I'm going like, you know, in our marriages, we need a breakthrough. Don't wait till it's too late. And it's never too late for God. Because sometimes I chat with couples and I go, well, it's over. It's finished. They don't even want to talk about it. I say, God, they, this couple needs a breakthrough. Your children, how many people worry for their kids? If you're Italian, you worry for your kids, amen? That's what you do, amen? You want to continue to adjust their life forever, amen? And sometimes for our children, we say, I wish they would just, you know, change. You know, why don't we believe for a breakthrough in their life? I want to lead you into a secret this morning. That breakthrough only comes when we seek it. Breakthrough only comes when we seek it. I've got some scripture this morning, Psalm 77, verse 1 or 2. It says, I cried out to God with my voice, to God with my voice, and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. It encourages us that no matter what it is that we're confronting, instead of worrying about it, go and seek God and not just for five minutes, amen, but seek God. The psalmist says, I sought the Lord all night without ceasing. We are people of God who confront issues in their life. And I believe that sometimes we take it all on board ourselves rather than seeking God and saying, God, I need to seek, I need a breakthrough in my life. And when you look at the Old Testament and when you look at the people of God, many times they were confronting issues in their life that they had no idea how it was going to resolve. They thought that they were going to lose their life. They thought that the enemy was going to take control. And I've got a couple of those examples this morning. First Chronicles chapter 14, verse 8 to 11. The Philistines uh, were heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel. And all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and he went out against them. Then the Philistines... Uh, went out and made a raid on the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God. I love this. He inquired of God saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Question. In other words, if I'm going to go to battle God, are you going to be with me? And the Lord said to him, go up for I will deliver them into your hands. So they went up to Baal, Perizum, and David defeated them there. Then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal Perizim. Baal Perizim means the master of breakthroughs has come through. Amen. We have a master of breakthrough. That's Jesus. Amen. 
The enemies were seeking out to destroy David. They, were, they were, weren't happy they had made, been made king of the whole of Israel. And so they're going to go out and destroy him. They gathered around and, and David, the first thing that he does, he gets on his knees to seek God. What do we do? We get on Facebook. What do we do? We call the pastor. What do we do? We stress out. What do we do? We call our family and have a, a stressed out meeting. David gets on his knees and he seeks God. Say, God, do I go to battle? God, if I go to battle, we will win this battle. And the battle took place in the Valley of Rephaim, which means the Valley of Giants. So he was confronting, in a sense, a, a, a huge opposition to not only his life, to his kingdom, to, to, but also to the people that he represented. And this place from a Valley of Giants becomes a place where the master of breakthrough has come through. Amen. Can I say to you this morning, before you get into a battle, wouldn't it be best to inquire of the Lord? Amen. As a pastor, I'm a little bit older now than what I was many years ago. And sometimes we have problems in church. Amen. How many people know that church is sometimes full of problems? And when someone calls me and says, Pastor, I need to have a coffee with you. It's never good. Right? It's never good. My, my mind starts racing in what's going to happen and what, are they, what it is that they want. And, and I start stressing out. But that's not what God has called us to do. When bad news comes, David set himself to inquire of the Lord. Can I encourage you? When you get bad news, to set yourself to inquire of the Lord. If there is a battle that's confronting you, rather say, let me see what I can do. Set yourself to inquire of the Lord and believe that the master of breakthrough will come through for you. Can I hear an amen? Here's another example. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 to 4. Verse 1, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others there beside the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from behind, from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are there in Hazazon Tamor. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Again, three enemies are coming to attack King Jehoshaphat. A vast army was coming. And many times there's going to be things that come towards us that seem to be overwhelming and we stress out. But what he did, he proclaimed a fast and the people of Judah came together. They all gathered together saying, this is not just an issue for the king. This is our issue as well. We're going to, we're going to pray. We're going to fast and we're going to seek God. They set themselves to seek God, to seek God and pray. Jehoshaphat was fearful, but as fear began to rise up, he set himself to seek God and pray and fast. Many times what happens in our life, we begin to stress out. We begin to, what is going to happen? All the negativity starts to flow up and overwhelm us. The anxiety rises up. As the people of God, we need to understand there's a way of dealing with stuff that confronts us when you need a breakthrough for something that is confronting you. Why don't you just set yourself to seek God? And what I love it, that all the people join in. Can I say this to you this morning? That a collective breakthrough that I really believe our nation needs, a collective breakthrough that the Western church 
needs. It's a collective breakthrough. It's not just for one or two. Collective breakthrough. It's our nation. It's our churches. Requires that more than one or two key leaders set themselves to seek God. Amen. I believe that we need to set ourselves to seek God for breakthrough in this nation of Australia. Can I hear an amen? We need to seek God collectively for the breakthrough that our church needs. I mean, we, we sang before, we, Lord, send your revival. You know, there's no revival happening, but the church needs to set themselves to seek God. It's quite interesting that God gave him a victory with King Jehoshaphat. And this valley that seemed to be a valley that was going to destroy them because the enemy was there ends up being a valley of blessing. And in fact, if you read the scripture, you find it took them three days to carry off, to carry back all the loot that they had, they had uh, gained possession of because God had given them the, back, uh, the battle. So I want to say to you this morning, and I'm going to read to you a scripture that you may think a little bit, how is what you just said connected with what you going to say now and I want to say to you this that I, I believe that setting ourselves for breakthrough is not a, a, a you know a reserve for a 21 day fast it's not reserved for just when there's a problem I believe that we position ourselves for a position of breakthrough and I'm going to give you four key habits that will change your life and your perspective on things that come your way and it's found in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 8 and it says be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So the first thing, if you're taking some notes this morning, to get or put yourself in a position of breakthrough, the first thing you need to do is don't worry. Years ago, there was a song called Don't Worry, Be Happy. Do you remember that? If you remember that, you're older than 50 years old. Amen. <laughs> don't worry, be happy. Amen. Well, I want to say to you, Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, New King James Version, Jesus said, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will carry worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus says, don't worry about anything. Or some of you are worrying how your sauce turned out. I know my sister was preparing a nice sauce yesterday. I said, it's good. And hopefully she's not worrying about what it's going to turn out like because she's trying to impress her brother. We worry about everything. Don't worry about anything. I want to say to you, when we worry, sounds really harsh, but we're being disobedient to the word of God. I just got mm, my wife. When we worry, we're being disobedient to the word of God. Jesus said, don't worry. See, we spend too so much time uh, worrying and, you know, we sit, sit there and we regret the decisions we made in the past, right? And the rest of the time we start worrying about what's going to happen in our future. We regret what we did when we were teenagers or young adults. And then we start, when you get to my age, you start worrying about what, what's going to happen when I retire? Am I going to have enough food on the table? 
We spend time worrying about the past and time worrying about the future. And we get so absorbed with the past that we can't change. And we get so absorbed about the future that is not here yet. I want to say to you, there's some things of the past that you'll never be able to fix. And there's some things of the future that you'll never be able to control. Worry is worthless. Worry doesn't change a thing. It only causes stress, anxiety and sickness. Can I say to you that if you, if you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have less things to worry about. Amen. Who's carrying a weight of worry this morning? It's not going to help you. It really isn't. Those things that you're worrying about sometimes will never ever eventuate. But you're stressed out worrying about something that may or may not happen. We worry about the decisions of the past. We worry about what is going to happen in the future. And Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry. See, we focus on our fears instead of focusing on God. And when we do that, guess what? We're acting as unbelievers. Acting as unbelievers. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What are you saying? Well, carnally minded, what's, when something confronts me that I can't seem to deal with, guess what? I get full of fear. Because I'm going like, I don't know if I have the resources. I don't know if I have the ability to do this. I don't know if this is going to destroy me. I have no idea what is going to happen. But to be spiritually minded says, God, I have no idea what is going to happen. But I do know one thing is that I trust in you. Amen. My confidence is in you. I know that you will lead me through. Amen. I know that you are with me. Thinking controlled by the Spirit leads to life and to peace. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation and you've, you met somebody, usually it's in hospital, they've had a bad report and many times I've gone and, and I'm thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to say to this person. And, uh, and they should be all full of fear and not sure what's going to happen, not sure if they're going to be cured, they're not sure if they're going to live. And I go there worrying about it, everything and, and what am I going to say? And they turn around and I realise that they're okay with this because God is in control. Amen. There's no fear and there's no anxiety on their life because they know that God has them. Don't worry. Fix your focus on seeking God. Fix your focus on God. Daniel 9.3 says, Then I set my face towards the Lord to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes. I set myself. There's something powerful when you decide to set yourself. Fear comes because we allow the carnal mind and the carnal heart to take control. We allow those external things to take control of our life. But when we set ourselves to seek God, guess what? It's all different. Ezra 8.23, New King James Version says, So we fasted, I love this, and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayers. Can I ask you, when was the last time that you entreated God? In other words, you invited God in that issue that was concerning you. When was the last time they entreated God? So we fasted and entreated our God for this and He answered our prayer. So I want to say to you the first thing, stop worrying. But then it doesn't stop there. We can't just stop something without adding something to it or replacing it with something. It says pray about everything. If something is worth worrying about, 
It's worth praying about. Amen. Pray about everything. Now we know that 2020 wasn't a fantastic year. We were living with our son and uh, his wife and um, four kids. And, um, you know, we're talking about COVID and my son had just gone through open heart surgery. Um, There are other family issues that were happening and we're all worried. And Michael's boy called Lewis, we we love asking the kids to pray for dinner. And um, he says, Lewis, could you pray for us? So he had heard our conversation about lockdowns, about masks, about church and all those sorts of things. And we were just having a bit of a heated discussion as Italians tend to do. I'm known for having a heated discussion. And my son's known for having a heated discussion. So I'm just thinking, I wonder what he's going to pray about. And Lewis, Lewis starts praying, prayed a beautiful prayer. And he'd heard us obviously worrying about all this stuff and whether we're, they're going to go to school or not, whether we're going to go to work or not. And he prays a prayer, says, Lord, I just want to present to you all this COVID stuff. Can you just help us with it? And I thought, wow. Here's a a young boy who's teaching us that all we do is worry when we should be giving it over to God and pray about it. That sounds a really simple story, isn't it? But it's so real. That's the reality. Stop worrying and start praying. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Amen. You know, we like traveling We like carrying our suitcases and our bags. In life, we tend to do the same thing. We try to cram. I don't know, when we go away, I always ask my wife, which suitcase do we get? And me, it's always the little one. She goes, no, get the biggest one. I go, we're only going for 24 hours. Get the biggest one. In life, we do the same thing. We try to get the biggest suitcase to put in all our stuff. And we try to carry it. But Jesus says, hey... Cast your cares upon him. Leave the suitcase to him so that he can deal with it. Amen. Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you go and pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. So stop worrying. Start praying about it. The third thing, thank God in all things. Thank God in all things. How many people are thanking God when they got a pay rise? Oh, we even forget that, do we? No, of course we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God in all things. See, gratitude is the attitude of breakthrough. Not for all things, but in all things. We don't thank God because you just have, I mean, it'd be a bit silly. You have a car accident and you get out there and go, thank you, Jesus. If you've got a bomb and you've got full comprehensive insurance, you might want to do that. But you know what? You sit there. You don't thank the Lord for a car accident. You don't, don't thank the Lord for something that is, is not a good report. But in it, you don't thank him for it, but you thank him in it. I don't thank for God for cancer, but even in cancer, I thank God that he has me. I don't thank God for all the evil that is happening in the world, but I thank God that I'm still here in the world and I'm alive. Thank you, Lord. We don't thank God for all things, but in all things. See, God can turn around the most 
her horrible tragedies into something wonderful. God turned a crucifixion into a resurrection. We'll be sitting there going like, wow, what good is going to come out of this? We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was the son of God. And now they've killed him. And out of death of a crucifixion, Jesus is risen from the dead. See, God always brings out good things from bad situations. I would encourage you. What is it that you can be thankful to God for? I thank God for the heritage of my grandparents that love Jesus. Heritage of my parents that love Jesus. I thank God for this church that had such an incredible impact in my life. The pastors that were here and are here, I thank God for because that's made who I am. I thank God for the blessings that he brings to me every single day. I thank God that my grandchildren love serving God. I thank God that my kids can serve God. I thank God for family and friends that he's brought around me to encourage me, to help me. I thank God that even when I think I don't have enough money in the bank to pay a bill, guess what? Somehow it all seems to work out. I thank God that he's in control. I thank God that I have a hope. Because some people don't have hope. When they pass from this earth, I have no idea what's going to happen to them. But I thank God that I have hope. An attitude of gratitude. And the fourth and last thing is stay focused on things that are true. Philippians 4.8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. See, one of the greatest battlefield for any person, and especially for Christians, is, is a battlefield of the mind. That we're drawn into every single day. Our minds lie to us. Only three people agree with me on that. Others lie to us. Society lies to us. Society says if you're not beautiful, you don't matter. Society says if you're not rich, you don't matter. Society says if you're not good academically or athletically, you don't matter. If you aren't rich enough, you don't matter. You're not smart enough, you don't matter. If you're not good looking enough, you don't matter. If you're not in a position of authority or, or power, it, you don't matter. But God says you do matter. We believe all those lies. We believe what our mind tells us. Some of the ba biggest battlefields that I have is, is convincing me that God has called me. Convincing me that I'm a man of God. To convince myself that God is for me, He's not against me, that God is not disappointed in me. And we listen to all the lies that we tell ourselves and that others tell us. Can I say to you, speak God's truth into your life. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How do you get a breakthrough? You notice it's not just one-time event. What I shared with you in the second part of this message is not a one-time event that we do on our 21 days of fasting, but it's something that we do every single day. And I believe if we put ourselves in that position, we're in a position of breakthrough in our life. Stop worrying. Pray about everything. Have an attitude of gratitude. Thank you, Lord. And think on things that are true. That God is for you. That God loves you. God has a plan for you. That God wants to make some adjustments in your life. 
Amen. Think of the things that are true, that are just, that are praiseworthy, that lifts and not pulls down. Think of these things and the peace of God. Can we be in the middle of a storm in a creaky old boat that's taken on water and be at peace? This world is pretty much a creaky old boat. There's storms raging all around us. And I think that I want to be, if I'm going to be in any storm in a creaky old boat, as long as Jesus is with me, I can be at peace. He wants you to be at peace. I just want to pray for you before I hand over to Pastor Joseph. Father, I thank you this morning. Thank you that you want to lead us into breakthrough. And our desire this morning, Father, that everyone that is here in this place knows an area of their life that they need breakthrough. And we position ourselves to seek you, to set ourselves to ask of you and wait on you. Father, I pray if there's anxious people here this morning worrying about a whole heap of stuff, Lord, that they will stop worrying and they'll pray about everything. I pray, Father, that we'll find the words to be able to express out of our heart words of gratitude, words of thanks, words of acknowledgement of who you are. And Father, I pray that we'll think on things that are true. We'll focus on truth and justice and your love and your word and your power. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Let's all stand. I thank God that I came to church this morning. We all need a breakthrough. We all need a breakthrough in our life. And Jesus is that breakthrough. He can do it for us. And I really believe that this week we need to continue to pray. Continue to pray for a breakthrough. And if you don't have something, you pray for somebody else that needs a breakthrough. Do both. Just ask God to move into your life and give you the victory that is rightfully yours. In Jesus' name. Pray you have a great week.